Hello everyone. Oh, my computer's gonna die. Give me one sec. Hello everyone. Hi. My name's Adelia Volkanov and I'm here in person again with my friend and co-host Colin Bones. This is episode 60 of Ron and Hermione Minus the Romance and we'll be diving into chapters 31, 32, and 33 from Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Last episode, <laughs> one trivia. And he will give the question of the day after a few disclaimers. We'd like to first and foremost disclaim that we on Ron and Hermione Minus the Romance do not agree with or support J.K. Rowling's bigotry and prejudice in any way. We do not tolerate hatred of any kind and wish to create an open, safe environment on our podcast. Everyone is welcome and encouraged to listen here. This is your major spoiler warning. If you do not wish to hear anything beyond this point in the Harry Potter books discussed, this is not the podcast for you. We will be discussing and heavily referencing all media in the Harry Potter magical universe in every episode, so if this is your first encounter with the Harry Potter world, you have been forewarned. Now, if you're still here, enjoy the show! you like to proctor Ooh, proctor that would be so much fun um i would love to proctor an exam um <laughs> you're so weird <laughs> <laughs> okay wait are we talking like well i guess i didn't really have a proctor for the right the, uh, practical exams they had several examiners well like flitwick was definitely a proctor proctor yeah but that was like the theory exam where they were sitting down at a desk yeah like are you just those or like are you saying also or an examiner like the practical exams where they're like doing spells and stuff well either or okay awesome um i think i would like to watch the practical exam for honestly probably transfiguration because they say some really funny things happened like spoiler alert Hannah Abbott turns some object into a flock of flamingos. <laughs> and I just think that you would see some really interesting things in that exam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely defense against the dark arts. Practical or theory? Practical. Right. Um, I think it would just. You're like, be actually, fun. no, I'd love to I watch really them love sit the there and write about it. stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, would, I think that'd be fun to watch. Yeah. Well, I they did wanna, a relay in. Yeah. So I know. But I, did they even really say what they did in the. I think they just had to cast like a couple like is that the one where Harry did the Patronus? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it was just same in a room like yeah, but I think that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the relay would have been awesome though. Um, all right. Oh wait, I can delete my little question of the day thing because I didn't do it. Okay. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I just have a blank one for Mm -hmm. everyone, and then I delete it. I'm sure. Don't do it. Okay. Um. How do you have it there, but yet don't prepare a question of the day? I didn't know if I was going to win before no, this episode, so I didn't I know, have No, but you prepared. should just, like, have them stockpiled. That's what I do. Ugh. I'm just kidding, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways. Okay, yeah. I'm doing plot notes, so... Alright. Buckle in. It's a rough ride. <laughs> Chapter 31. Owls. Ron's ego has grown at least a thousand times its normal size, and has <laughs> he has probably recounted the match to Harry and Hermione at least a thousand more times than that. Yep. 
They still have to tell him about Grop, so they move outside to break the news, because apparently some fresh air will soften the blow of them having to teach English to a giant. Um, This news, especially the fact that they didn't watch him save any of those awesome goals, makes Ron very upset. Yeah. Um, Exams are coming closer, which means that everyone has gone legitimately insane. Mm -hmm. Hermione is talking to herself, and Ernie McMillan is comparing study habits with other people. Um, This also means that people have begun selling black market memory enhancers, almost all of which are fake. I cannot believe Harry was going to pay 12 galleons for one of those things, considering that that's like hundreds of dollars for a fake memory enhancer. Well, he's rich, so you should really be spending your money on anything. But like, what? He does not use enough of his money. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but like, if someone was like, give me $200, 12 galleons is definitely more than that, but like, $200 for like, memory enhancer. We're not wizards, so obviously I wouldn't believe them, but at the same time, it's like, what? That is so much money. Anyways. No, if I was rich... Well, yeah. Well, actually, if I was rich, it really doesn't matter if I pass the test or not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, At dinner, Hermione continues studying, and they see the examiners and decide to eavesdrop on their conversation. Um, They are the nosiest people I know. Like, I've ever read about. Like, ever. I know. <laughs> There's these people I know. Like, we're friends. No. Um, but literally, every time they see something that's remotely interesting, they're like, let's go over there and listen to their conversation. Yep. Yep. Okay. They don't even find out anything interesting. Um, the next day, after breakfast, they go... Why did this autogra- autograph... Mm-hmm. Autocorrect to Greta. I meant to say Great Hall. Yep. Greta. <laughs> they go see Greta. The next day, after breakfast, they go back into the Great Hall to take their charms exam. Of course, the first question is about Wingardium Leviosa, which is a fun little, almost full circle. Yeah. (laughs) Um, After the exam, they have lunch, and after that is their practical charms exam. When Harry's name is called, he's asked to make an egg cup do cartwheels. Um, Yeah, and then he accidentally... Well, he was supposed to turn a rat orange, but accidentally confused the spell with color and, like, size and made his rat grow, like, a lot. And so yeah. he just had this giant, like, <laughs> rat. Um, I can't Which remember Which also what... is kind of a callback to the first oh, book. Oh, yeah. Um, I forget what Ron did in this exam, but it was funny. Um, <laughs> anyways, the next day was Transfiguration, and Harry was able to vanish an entire iguana, while Hannah Abbott turned hers into an entire flock of flamingos. How does that work? How do you turn one object (laughs) into multiple objects? Like, that's a little cheating. Don't you think? Because with that, like, obviously she didn't do it on purpose. But, like, there should be, obviously there should be duplication spells Mm -hmm. at this point. No one should ever need anything if there's duplication spells. Well, they've said that food doesn't really work. Right. Um, But, like, money? Well, I'm I'm sure that's illegal, but no one would know. True. I hope that everyone who understands inflation explains this to us. (laughs) (laughs) Just print more money. (laughs) Well, it's different when it's one person, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Someone needs to check up on Hannah, because this is, like, the fourth thing they've said about her being, like, so stressed during final season that she does something, like, insane. The first time, she has to be sedated by Madame Pomfrey because she's, like, freaking out. And then it says in the books, Hannah completely lost her head and turned her iguana into a flock of flamingos. Yep. 
So, I don't know. Someone someone needs to ask her how she's doing. Um, on Wednesday, they but have... But do they all operate under the same mind? The, the flock children? of flamingos. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, are you talking about no, Hannah and but Harry? Like, if it's one lizard or iguana that has turned into a flock of flamingos, surely they are all the same iguana. I don't know. Am I right? I have no idea. That's so confusing. That seems really scary. I mean, yeah. Um, on Wednesday... How do you go from iguana to flamingo? <laughs> like, what was on her mind when she was attempting to vanish She's iguana? freaking out. She's had to be sedated already because she's so stressed out. She flipped out. And, like, I don't How even know if she How much is a flock knew... of flamingo? Can you look that up? What? How much is... Just how many flamingos many. are in a flock? It's you not don't a think there's a single amount? And not a, a set, set amount. amount. I think it's like probably between like numbers. Like it's more than two because two is just like I'm a just saying flamingos. like how many flamingos? I'm gonna guess did like she six. produce a flock? It's like a group. Yeah. You know, so I'm saying three or more probably. That's crazy. Yeah. And it's all the same iguana. <laughs> <laughs> I really cannot get past this. It's all the same iguana. Um. Yeah, so anyways, Hannah... I'm terrified of iguanas, so continue. <laughs> On Wednesday, they have Herbology, which I'm apparently went reasonably well, and then Defense Against the Dark Arts. Harry, obviously, did really well on the written exam and then got some extra credit by producing a Patronus right in front of Umbridge, which I'm sure she loved. Yep. Hermione has a little freak out about her ancient runes exam and then tells Harry and Ron someone put a Niffler in Umbridge's office, which could be bad for Hagrid, but mostly bad for them because they would have to take care of Groth. Um, That's a little selfish on yeah. Hermione's part. Yeah, she's like, oh my god, someone put a Niffler in Umbridge's office. They're like, oh my god, that's so funny. She's like, no, because Hagrid's going to get fired and we're going to have to go right. and teach him trying <laughs> English. <laughs> Harry's post- Does Hagrid get paid? No idea. Do any of the teachers get paid? Yes. Is it ever actually mentioned? No. Okay. Um, Surely they get paid a lot. They're probably. there year-round. Literally, like, how are any of them married? Like, it's McGonagall said is said to be married. I know, but how? When does she ever see him? On the weekends? <laughs> no, they, but, like, surely they just can't operate into the castle. No. So they, they can't even go to really Hogsmeade. visit each other. He would they have to, meet halfway. Yeah, in Hogsmeade, because that's the closest place they can operate. That's like a to. forbidden romance kind of thing. Oh my god. And she had been teaching there for 40 years. So they hadn't lived, they only lived together in the summer. Like, and 40 years of that. Like, that's crazy. Anyways. Um, Harry's potions exam was relatively decent, and his care of magical creatures exam went pretty well. Then, <laughs> his theory exam for astronomy is like, whatever. Um, his divination exam went pretty horribly. And now I will read one of my favorite quotes from Ron. And from now on, I don't care if my tea leaves spell die, Ron, die. I'm just chucking them in the bin where they belong. Anyways, if that says anything, it says that they definitely failed divination. Right. Um, that night, they have their practical astronomy exam. As Harry is pretending to understand the stars and planets, he sees Umbridge and five others taking a little walk on the grounds. Um, this little walk goes right into Hagrid's house. Then there's a loud bang. Okay, hold on. Yep. Sorry. I'm just thinking about divination a little bit. Is div divination like a Diva. skill that like wizards can actually get? Because it seems like seers are literally the only people who can actually use divination. I guess it's like they're trying to like teach people like the history, the art of divination or whatever, but, but I don't know. But is there like if... a good divination teacher out there? Probably not. I'm going to guess no. 
Because I'm assuming, like, only Seer would get hired to teach divination, yeah. but, like... Or they can't be money. Yeah. <laughs> um, then, there's a loud bang from Hagrid's house, and they see everyone trying to stun Hagrid, which doesn't work, but they accidentally stun Fang instead, which means that Hagrid gets so upset that he picks up the guy that did it and throws him across the grounds. He's Insane. immediately knocked unconscious. <laughs> Literally just picked him up and threw him. Hunted. Hunted. Um, Then McGonagall walks out onto the grounds to put a stop to the insanity when all five people stun her at once. How is she alive from that? (laughs) I literally don't know. I mean, McGonagall's a boss. Yeah. Like, I cannot believe she recovered from that. Like, she's an old, brittle woman. Like, how did... Well, actually, she's not actually that old in the book. Yeah. Assuming, right? I don't know. I think... She's, like, probably in her 40s or something. She's been teaching there for 40 years. She's probably, like, in her 60s 60s, and 70s. But that's not a lot in wizard years. Or human years. Mm -hmm. I'd call a person who's 60 years old old. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, any of our 60-year-old listeners. Um, But, yes, like, how does she recover from that? I literally don't know. But also, I cannot believe that no one intervened and was, like, you literally just, like... But she also, I'm sorry, the image of her flying across the grass. Like, could you imagine? That's horrible. (laughs) I just can't believe that, like, no one in the ministry was like, hey, Umbridge, that was a little... Excessive. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, to say the least. What if she did die? Honestly, I don't think the ministry would care. Absolutely. They'd cover it up. Yep. Yeah. Honestly, in this moment, the book reads like she died. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're trying to scare you to think yeah. that McGonagall just No, died. but I feel like if they would have killed McGonagall, Dumbledore personally would have gone into Umbridge's room at night and, like, strangled her to death or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She'd be gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that probably No, would McGonagall be would probably... I don't know if this is even, like, a real thing in, like, Harry Potter lore, but McGonagall is leaving a curse on some people. Like, <laughs> I need Harry Potter and McGonagall's curse. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Right, and so then Hagrid gets upset because they literally basically almost killed McGonagall, and then he knocks out a couple more people just by, like, poking them, For extra pleasure. Yeah, and then he runs away. Um, Their last exam, History of Magic, is set for the next day. Harry's doing pretty badly on the exam when he falls asleep. Again... Honestly, probably the most boring exam. Oh, yeah, for sure. He didn't pay attention to a single second of the class in five (laughs) years of taking it. Not a second of it. Like... Um, again, he dreams of the Department of Mysteries. He gets to the room with the glass spheres, but instead of the typical dream, he sees Sirius being tortured by Voldemort. Harry wakes up on the floor of the Great Hall, screaming. Yep. So embarrassing. Could not imagine. literally cry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, chapter 32. (laughs) Out of the fire. Out, yeah, out of the fire. Yep. The proctor gets Harry out of the examination room and encourages him to go take a nap. Obviously, he does not do this, and he tries to go see Professor McGonagall, only to learn that she has been taken to St. Mungo's. Yep. Madame Poffrey is pissed, and she's like, I would quit if you guys didn't need me. So, yeah, that was really comforting, I'm sure, in that moment. She's like, if I didn't, like, feel like I had to do my job, I would leave. Right. And Harry was like, thanks. They definitely do need, they need her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I honestly, I'm kind of surprised there's not more healers I, at 
Hogwarts. Yeah, you'd think they would have hired one after Harry's first year and been like, damn, like, we really... Right. Like, I feel like, is there a healer shortage? Sort shortage? I have no freaking also, idea. Also, there definitely has to be training for healers. Because oh, yeah. as we an saw, their Oriors is, <laughs> is three years. So there has to be training. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I really wonder if that's just like a job specific thing or if there is like some kind of wizard college. I have no idea. Maybe that would have been like, a much better idea for a spinoff. Yeah. Maybe, like, <laughs> because, like, to be an Auror, I guess it's, like, you're employed by the ministry first, then you train, and then if you, like, pass, you're an Auror. If not, I guess you're, like, maybe still employed by the ministry, and you, like, whatever. But maybe it's the same for healers. Like, you're employed by St. Mungo's, you do the you do the training, if you become a healer, then you, like, stay. Because we did see it in um, this book, when we saw, like, Gilroy Lockhart. Um, yeah healer in training that was like listed on the doors mm -hmm. so i guess it's like you're employed by saint mungo's you're training following other healers around and then when you pass but like, like how like mrs weasley has the skills of a healer like we learned essentially this. yeah yes so where did she learn that because it wasn't at hogwarts i think she knows more kind of like household like healing do you think stuff? there's electives we don't know about maybe probably um, but I feel like that is also partly, like, household stuff. Like, the same way that, like, our parents were able to, like, fix small injuries. Yeah. I feel like, because she couldn't, of course, help Mr. Weasley in any capacity when he was, like, bitten by the snake. You yeah. know? So it's like, she doesn't, it's, it's the same way that, like, if one of us was. Well, she wasn't there. <laughs> well, right. But even if it had happened and he had gone straight home, she couldn't have done anything. Yeah. Because, you know, so it's like, I don't think she knows enough to, like, do any kind of, like, advanced anything. She can kind of just cure, like cure things that happen at home, like, to her kids when they've, like, hurt each other on yeah. accident or hurt themselves, so it's, like, you know. Um, but, yeah. So, um, yeah. Oh, Harry finds Ron and Hermione after the exam to tell them what he's seen and says they have to go get him. Hermione tries to talk some sense into him, but, of course, Harry's not listening, and instead of saying something constructive, Hermione tells Harry that he has a savior complex, which does absolutely nothing to dissuade him from wanting to go. Yeah. Honestly, he makes a really good point, because both of them are like, well, you kind of have, like, a thing for saving people, and he's like, yeah, well, you didn't say that when it was you guys that I was right. saving, and it's like, that was not the right thing to say in this moment. Like, yeah. they have no idea if what he's just seen is real or not. And, like, Hermione's, like, kind of self-righteous that, like, well, if you would have just done Occlumency, and he's like... They're both kind of annoying in this chapter. Because, yeah. I it's, mean, like... Uh, okay. Yeah. When you're reading this book for the first time, you're pretty much on Harry's side. Yes. I, yeah. So, like... Yeah. Reading, like, reading this now, Harry's being kind of annoying about it. Well, and he's should be being listening to her rash, mind. which is understandable. But, but the, I think the way it's written is to make us feel that, like energy like an adrenaline with him like oh my god like Sirius is in trouble he has to go save him yeah. like we're it's written so that we're feeling that too and we're like we're reading it and we're like oh my god no Ron Hermione shut up we have to go we have to go because it's like it's like urgent it's happening now so it's like I think it's written so that we're a lot of the books are written so that we're experiencing what Harry's experiencing his feelings his like everything so it's like Ron's kind of being the most rational person in this moment, yeah. which is probably the only time that's yeah. ever gonna. Yeah, because the be thing is, that. is like Hermione is like she's not being helpful when she tells Harry that he has a savior complex yeah. because she's also not thinking like Hermione. When it was you that he was saving from anything, it's like you were more than grateful for it. Also, Hermione definitely also has a savior complex. 
she would not be like solving the Chamber of Secrets mystery if she did not have a no. And like, I don't know if I would say that I think that Harry does. He's just been put in positions where that's his only option. Yeah. And he's not a horrible person. He's not going to leave people to die just because he's like, oh shoot, this is difficult. You know. So it's like he has not like grown up saying like I want to be a hero. Like he just happened to be all kind of almost named in a prophecy. He was chosen by Voldemort to be the chosen one and now he's in all of these insane situations where he is like finding himself needing to save people you know yeah so it's like I don't I wouldn't say that he has a savior complex he's just found himself in situations where like that's the only logical answer like when Hermione and Ron or like Hermione was like yeah because she was there at the lake when the like hundreds of dementors were there like literally about to suck their souls out and like he saved them and so it's like he didn't do that because he was like, I'm going to be the hero. Like, she's right. going to wake up and she's going to be like, Harry, oh my God, you <laughs> saved me. He literally did that because it was life or death. You yeah. know, it's like, so he's saving people because it's literally life or death. So it's like, I think that was totally unhelpful. He's like, Hermione, my godfather's being tortured to death by Voldemort. And she's like, you always do this, Harry. <laughs> you know, like, like, is Hermione really thinking, like, in the moment, like, what if Sirius died? What would Hermione I think Harry would really forgive her. I oh think he's kind of petty like that in yeah. a way. But, like, I, I mean, I get it. But, like, I don't think he'd yeah. forgive no. her. But at the same time, it's like, I understand wanting to make sure before you, like, literally leave school. Because, like, what if it hadn't been true and no one had been at the Department of yeah. Mysteries to find them and they would have had to just kind of, like, Which is be embarrassed. Which exactly is kind of exactly what happened. But right. But, like, worse. if they had, like, if nothing had happened, they'd gone there, Sirius wasn't there nothing happened so I could just walk out and go back to Hogwarts like if that had happened I would understand if she was like dude why didn't you like make sure you know yeah but at the same time it's like she could have asked him to make sure in ways that didn't invalidate his like fear like yeah. he's in total panic mode right now and she's not helping like she like she's so self-righteous about occlumency but she doesn't like she's never once understood what it feels like to have your mind being like messed with like that so it's like she has yeah. no idea. If Hermione really acts like she knows what Harry is going through sometimes when she obviously does not. Like in Deathly Hollows, when she just keeps on being like, you can't keep letting him into your yeah. mind. Like she has no idea has how no it idea. works. And it starts here because she's not like helping. She's not saying, okay, Harry, I believe you, but please let's just like make sure it's real before we go to London. That is a good point. She's right in saying like we can't just leave school without making sure. Like yeah. it's urgent fair but if she would have said oh my god that's horrible let's figure something out right now so that we can get in touch with Sirius yeah so that we don't just go to London for nothing like if she would have said that totally understandable like no one would expect her to be like oh Sirius is being tortured let's go right now like yeah. no one would expect that from her especially because of how practical she is like being an extremely practical person myself I understand that however if someone came to me and was like in a huge panic like oh my god all these things are happening I wouldn't be like um like are you sure? Like, because, like, you know, you've been known to, like, have visions like this and they're never real. Like, it's, it's just not helpful. Yeah. And so I just think that, like, she's just not being productive in this chapter at all. Yeah. She's, like, like, I understand what she means and she's right, like I said, in, like, not wanting to just immediately run off to London without knowing that it's actually happening. But, like, there are ways. There are ways to say that without making him feel like he's crazy. Because he's, like... I feel like the way that Dumbledore went about getting Harry taught Occlumency was making him feel crazy. Because, like, Dumbledore didn't do it himself. He didn't talk to Harry and explain what it was to him. 
he just, Snape just showed up at Grimwald Place and was like, I'm teaching you Aquamancy, show yeah. up in my office. And then, of course, Snape was, like, making fun of him, making fun of the memories that he was seeing in Harry's head. And Harry's isolated. He's told to, like, not tell anyone, tell everyone it's remedial potions. That makes sense, of course, because he can't just tell everyone he's having visions. But at the same time, it's like the way they went about it was making him feel crazy because he's being locked up in a room where Snape is making fun of him and, like, not explaining what he's doing, but just, like, telling him, close your mind. So it's like the way that they were teaching him was not constructive. They didn't... He probably would have made some real effort if they had told him what could happen. Like, if Dumbledore had done it himself and said, you don't understand. Like, if you don't practice, he could literally warp your memories and yeah. what you're seeing and make you see whatever you, he wants you to see because he knows you. That's something that they never said to Harry. He knows you. He knows, like, how to get you places yeah. where you're not safe. And so, like... I think, like, a part of the reason that he's so incredibly frantic right now, because it's like anyone would be if you knew or thought that a family member of yours or someone that you really cared about was in, like, literal, like, danger. Like, anyone would be. But I think a big part of the, like, not thinking, just doing it is because, like, him having these visions has been treated as, like, a shh, don't talk about it. Especially the Department of Mysteries. Him, he's been seeing it for months. And Snape has just been like, what is that? Like, don't ever think about that again. Like, don't do it. It's like, you can't just tell someone like, oh, don't think about that. Because that made Harry more curious. He wanted the dreams to happen because he wanted to know. And like, that is eventually what led to this whole disaster. So it's like, literally, if they had just been open with him and honest, this all could have been avoided. So it's like, I think that not only is Hermione not being helpful, He's already, like, stressed and, like, frantic because the way that he's been taught to close his mind has just made him feel, like, super isolated and like he's insane. And so now when Hermione is treating him like he's insane, it's just escalating the situation instead of de-escalating, which is what she wants. So it's like everything she's doing is having the exact opposite effect, and that's just leading all of this, like, completely getting out of hand, like, in the first two seconds. But... Yeah, and, like, the Mr. Weasley stuff already happened, so, yeah. and Harry was right in that situation, yes. so I, of, of course there's that perspective too, I don't think Hermione is thinking of no. that at all, no. um, and I feel like, I feel like they kind of should have touched on that a bit more from Ron's perspective yes. as well, Yeah. because of the Mr. Weasley thing, like, he's obviously going to be inclined to believe it right. more than Hermione is. right. I know, I feel like Ron, it felt like Ron kind of almost said that, but yeah. didn't, because he's like, come on, Hermione, like, when has he, when has he ever, like, but that's the other thing, is that, like, I think that Voldemort knew that as well. He knew that Harry would be able to at least convince, like, his two closest friends to come with him, because one of his, his very close friend, like, had directly been affected by one of these visions, and it was true. So I think that Voldemort knew that because, like, Harry had been a credible witness before, that he would be able to do it again. Which yeah. is, like, obviously, like, unfortunate. But, like, yeah, it's, like, in this moment, like, if we're forgetting that we know what happens in the end and that this wasn't a real vision, like, for Hermione to act like Harry's crazy and, like, he's just having dreams, she literally says that a couple times. It's yeah. just a dream. <laughs> like, when she knows that what happened with Mr. Weasley was, was real, was yeah. true, like, he was literally seeing it. So, in this moment, like, she's right to be hesitant and, like, not want to just run and go right now, but she has no reason to question, like if he's, like, actually seeing these things, yeah. you know? Because the thing is, is, like, 
I feel like Voldemort was able to make the difference in Harry's mind between a vision and a dream. Like, I feel like Harry can feel it. Yeah. Like, he knows when he's sleeping and he's dreaming, and he knows when he's having a vision. Because I think he even says, like, Th- there's when like he that saw... moment in Goblet of Fire where he's like riding the owl. Yeah. And then it where he's goes in into... it and he's like, yeah. And yeah. so it's like, I think he can make that distinction, and Voldemort knows how to do that for him. So it's like, Harry yeah. also knows that it's not just a dream. And, like, if someone was, like, saying that to me in this situation, like, it's just a dream. Like, it's literally, like, come on. Like, that's not... How is that helping? Like, how is that productive? Yeah. But, yeah, this whole thing. It's, like, there were so many moments in, like, this book. I think, like I said, it all started at the end of Goblet of Fire. Like, Dumbledore failed him in, like, not having... Giving Harry some kind of support system after Cedric died. Like, like I said, like, a million times. And I will say it for the rest of the series. Like... Goblet of Fire introduced tragedy into the series. Like, we have never, ever in this series experienced something as horrible and traumatic as that. And we're experiencing it like Harry is for the very first time. We're shocked. We're like, oh my god. But Cedric's death was meant to feel really quick and, like, just, like, you're so in shock that it's even happened that it's, like, it just, like, it hits you at the beginning of this book when Harry's alone for an entire summer. I think that's the longest they've ever left him alone in Privet Drive the summer he needed them the most no news no nothing like he's left to grieve and he's creating habits right then and there and the habit is to shut it in and not acknowledge it because he can't confide in the people he lives with he's alone he's dealing with his grief real grief for the first time ever in his life obviously like in a way he's grieved his parents his entire life but this time he's grieving a real like i don't want to say real event but an event that he was present for and it's like even though he wasn't necessarily friends with Cedric, like, it was a personal, like, thing. Like, he, he was there. He watched it happen. And, like, right there, he's creating habits for grieving. And because they didn't provide him any kind of support system, like, then and there, right now, he has no coping habits. Yeah. And that's why he's such a mess. Part of the reason why he's such a mess after Sirius died. Goblet of Fire may have introduced tragedy, but um, Order of the Phoenix is the first real like personal tragedy that hits close to home a character that we know that is close to harry that is the very first time that this has happened in the current events of the books and so it's like he has no coping skills because they didn't give him any and so it's like it's just so like ugh. there's so so many times that they failed harry and so many things that would have just prevented this all from happening yeah or prevented him from developing like anger issues later on in, in the series. Like, in a way, like, every once in a while, there's an isolated incident where he's just furious about something, and it's, like, almost, like, funny. But at the same time, it's, like, when you think about it, it's, like, they left him completely to his own devices the very first time he was experiencing grief from, like, a current, recent event. And that's why he's, like, he's always angry. He's such a mess in Half-Blood Prince. Like, he, he has no coping skills, and everyone kind of brushes it off. It's like, oh, he's just a teenager. But, it, and like, yeah, I guess in a way. And in a way, it's like, there's no excuse for, like, being rude to your friends. But at the same time, it's like, he's a kid, and they fail him. Like, ugh. Yeah. 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 All right. Anyways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Didn't, I feel like... I wrote here that Hermione also said that, like, Harry's, like, doing it for the attention. Yeah. And I was like, that's just, that's so wrong. Anyways, um, they're interrupted by Ginny and Luna, and Hermione asks if they can please verify that Sirius isn't home before they run off to London. So, 
they plan a diversion. Yep. Harry decides that they're doing it that... It feels that very Mission Impossible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Harry decides that they're doing it that very second, no preparation. It's like, some of these scenes in these books sound like they were perfectly made to go straight to the movies. <laughs> I know. And yet they chose to not do that. I, I know. Literally this. This. Like this. The vision is in the movie, I think, but they change it or something. I, right. I don't remember. But like... I think he's literally in bed dreaming when yeah. they show this vision, which totally ruins the point because it's not just a dream. Yeah. Like, that ruins the whole argument. Like, yeah. then it's like, well, Harry, were you just dreaming? Because yeah. he's literally in... I think... I don't know, though. I haven't seen the movie in a while. I think <laughs> well, they we made will. It, yeah. We will. I think they made it so he was in bed, which, like, ruins the whole, like, are you sure it wasn't just a dream? Because, like, that, that would make a little bit more sense, almost. Yeah. Still doesn't justify everything that they said, but whatever. But, like, literally this... Seeing it in the Great Hall, looking for McGonagall. She's not there. Panic. Like, he's frantic. He's freaking out. And, like, all of this, this whole argument. The diversion. Where was it? The diver- it's, like, it's not even, it's, like, a fun scene Literally, in this movie. Like, this, it's, the stakes it are so be, high. Yeah. The stakes are so high. Like, we're, like, reading this book, I remember. I was, like, on the edge of my seat. I was dying. I needed to know what happened next. Yeah. Like, I, this would have been amazing in a movie. <laughs> this would have had people, like, on the edge of their seats, like, freaking out. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, no prep. And this, <laughs> they don't even like make it in the movie. They don't even make it to the fireplace. Like yeah. they sit down and then they don't get to talk to anybody. Ugh, that yeah. ruins it too. Yeah, it's like the creature thing was important. Okay. Yes. Oh yeah. my god. And then I don't think they ever showed creature turning nice to them either, no, which it breaks was, my heart. It's the best, like one of the best parts of Deathly Hollows. It's so oh my god, and the fact that they didn't get to go back and he like told them what he was making for dinner that it literally makes me so sad. <laughs> like, um, anyways, Harry runs to get the invisibility cloak. Ginny starts telling people not to go down the corridor, and Harry and Hermione break into Umbridge's office. Harry sticks his head in the fire, calls for Sirius, but finds creature instead. Harry asks where Sirius is, and Creature says that he has gone out and starts laughing hysterically. Before Harry is done yelling at Creature, he's pulled out of the fire by his hair. Surprise! It's Umbridge. Um, she confiscates his and Hermione's wands and is like, what are you doing here? And Harry's like, it's for my firebolt. And she's like, liar! And then <laughs> she's like, you know what's in the dungeon! And, and then she, quite violently, throws Harry into her desk. Like, pushes him into the desk. Yeah. He, like, falls over it. I I don't think I remembered how physically violent she is with him <laughs> in this scene. Yes. But it's, like, amazing to me. And I'm, like... Like, she fully... Well, first of all, she pulls him out of the fire by his hair. Right. And it literally says she's holding him so that he's, like, his neck is, like, bent backwards. He's looking at the ceiling. It literally says he's looking at the ceiling. She's grabbed his head and pulled it back so that he's literally, like... <laughs> this is when it would be a great moment if this whole podcast was recorded because you could see this physical demonstration that I'm giving <laughs> right. Colin right now. I but only like, if you could see this. It's, <laughs> it's so, really great. It's so insane to me. She's like pulling his hair and then she just throws him across the room into her desk. Yep. Anyways, um, then Harry sees that Hermione is pinned against the wall by Millicent Bolstrode, who has clearly had something out for her since <laughs> freshman and since her first year. Um, oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> then Ron, Ginny, Luna, and Neville are dragged in in headlocks. <laughs> um, 
Umbridge is not successful in interrogating Harry while he's sober, and she sends Malfoy to go get Snape. When he arrives, Umbridge asks for Veritaserum. I have never been able to say that. Um, she's told that she used his last bottle when she interrogated Harry, and then we find out that she's so dumb that she put the entire bottle in Harry's drink instead of just using three drops, like Snape said. Because she like, thought it would also, work better. Like, <laughs> like, what? I feel like that could have killed Harry or something. Like, I don't know. Like, is overdosing a thing in the wizarding world? I'm gonna assume so. I don't know, but, like, what's in Verita Serum, you know? It's like, and what exactly yeah. does it do? Like, yes, it's truth serum, but, like, if the, we knew, like, I guess the Like, if you just had a drop of the Verita Serum, what would it do to you, you know? Yeah, I don't know, because Snape said that three drops would be enough. So I wonder, it's good, but, like, I think it's the way that, like, how people say, like, even, like, if you're, like, smoking, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is just, like, and you, like, keep smoking more. Like, you're not going to get more, like, high. Like, you're just going to, you, like, plateau at some point. No matter how much you, like, keep doing it, like, you just stay there. Sure. I wouldn't I know, know, but, like, yeah. I've been told. <laughs> and it's, like, I think it's, like, the same with not every substance. Because, like, if you keep drinking alcohol, you're going to get more drunk. But at, at some point, though, you're just going to plateau. And so I think it's the same with Veritaserum, but Umbridge probably thought that the more you put in the more honest he would be <laughs> and so she's like i guess the whole bottle would have him spilling his deepest oh darkest secrets you know what what it's literally that scene in ant-man and the wasp where oh. his friend louise just starts <gasps> spilling the whole story like, yeah that's what it is i bet yeah. it is if you put too much fear serum like it's Maybe. every little detail but i feel like at some point it has to just plateau and there's no effect and like right. you just stay at the same level of like truth telling yeah because i feel like three drops would do that to him Maybe, I don't know though, maybe like leading up to a certain amount, there's like, you're telling the truth, but you're not totally conscious that you like can't stop. Yeah. Maybe. I have no idea. Um, anyways. Yeah. She used all the Verita serum and then she's embarrassed because she knows she got called out in front of all of the students. <laughs> she used too much. Um, and the potion apparently takes a full month to make. So she's shit out of luck. Also like, at this point, Umbridge has completely given up. Like, yeah. Does she even realize that, like, if all of this situation turned out fine and these kids just got to go back to school, that she, they would obviously report her for all of these things? And But realistically, would nothing do? would happen. But I feel like Fudge would maybe intervene if she had successfully tortured Harry, which I'll right. get to in a moment. But <laughs> um... like that scene in the movie. I don't think it's in the book where she puts the picture of him down on yeah. the table like that he's was God. great though no. <laughs> <laughs> no because she does say in the book the same line what, yeah what cornelius doesn't know won't hurt him yeah. but i think that was such an interesting addition because yeah. it's like it brings back the like our portraits conscious because yeah. like i don't think that portrait would be like oh my god but she just tortured harry like i don't yeah. think that that's possible but it's like it's interesting to me like maybe it's some kind of superstition for of hers that she's yeah. like she like feels because like may, I'm sure it's like even within wizards it would be a dispute. Oh my I, god, no, they're I not honestly, alive. And then other people would be like, yes, they are. They're conscious. So no, it's like, I think it's genuinely more of a, like a. I think it's kind of a Christian guilt thing. I genuinely think. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that she literally thinks of Cornelius Fudge right. as God, but I think it's something to the equivalent. Yeah, and it's like I think that. Yeah, even within Wizards, I think they would dispute whether or not portraits were really conscious. And I feel right. like that that's such, like, an interesting addition, too. Because it's, like, clearly she thinks so. And it's also that she knows what she's doing is wrong. Like, she's not the kind of evil where she's, like, nothing's wrong with torturing a 16-year-old, 15-year-old. Yeah. But she knows. And she somehow, somewhere, has a conscience. And she knows that she would be in trouble if Fudge found out. Like, yeah. in some, some respect. But, like, 
I I love that addition. Like yeah. I think that's so like it's so her. She's like <laughs> he's not going to know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like yeah, no, I love that cuz it's the same line, but they just don't like describe yes. that in the book. But like it's just yeah, it, it's one of those little things that like adds to the yes. adds to the emotions of the scene. Um yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> My favorite part is when she's like, Snape, will you please make more of the potion for me? <laughs> and he's like, like no. <laughs> take, like, months. And then she's like, you're on probation. <laughs> like, um, as Snape turns to leave, Harry gives him a coded message, which Snape pretends not to understand. Later, when Harry's in Dumbledore's office destroying all of his things, and he's like, well, why, like, he's so upset with Snape for, like, yeah. sneering at him. It's like, obviously, Snape could not be like, okay, yeah. And, like, right in front of Umbridge. I feel like there was something he could That's what done. I was going to say. Obviously, like, he couldn't be too out of character, you know? Like, he couldn't be too out of character. And, like, like you know, like, yeah. something... You know, <laughs> like, she winked for the people listening. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, he couldn't get too out of character because Umbridge knows that he doesn't like Harry. And Umbridge has seen firsthand how he treats him. Like, he yes. can't, like, go too far from that. But I still think that he could have done something. Because yeah. Umbridge, it says, she's looking back and forth. Like, what? What's Patfoot? Where is it hidden? What is it? She's looking back and forth. He could, I think she, he would have had time to like nod, a really small nod, something in his face. Like, I think there's something he could have done. Like, a little, little thing. Like, and Umbridge is so dumb. Like, she's not an intelligent woman. Yeah. (laughs) She's evil, but like, she's not. I think it's one of these moments though where Snape's like pettiness goes beyond his need to do good. Right. Like, yeah. Because I think if he really wanted to, he could have done something. Of course. I think it was. Because it was Harry. Yeah, and because yeah. it was serious. Yeah. That's the thing. That's what, like, it's. it goes back to the whole, like, is Snape, not Snape, James a horrible person for, like, bullying Snape in his, in his adolescence. It's yeah. like, yes, it sucked, but, like, did Snape ever grow up from being the victim? Yeah. Yes, he had a horribly traumatic childhood. So do a lot of people. And that's not to say that, like, well, it's not, like, real or trauma isn't, like, deeply effective, like, in your later life. Of course it is. But that doesn't give you an excuse to, like, being like act the way that he did yeah and he's still so angry with Sirius and James because first of all he was he was jealous of them he was jealous of who they were and more than that what they meant to Lily because he couldn't be that for her just because of who he was um and yeah this is a moment he absolutely could have done something and like I think that he probably chalked it up to like well I can't get too out of character in front of Umbridge like I think that's what he probably said to himself knowing that he could have done something um, Harry is perceptive enough to have understood some kind of sign, you yeah. know? But, like, I think, and even though he went and contacted Sirius and everyone and sent them to Harry, like, he, that was enough. Yeah. And, like, and Dumbledore even says later, like, oh, well, he noticed you guys didn't come back from the forest, and so that's when he sent, like, he sent everyone to the tar- Department of Mysteries. But it's like, why wasn't he there right when Harry and them got out of the forest, just in case, to say, He's fine, don't go. Like, you know what? I was just thinking about this. I don't know if it's actually possible. Huh? With at Hogwarts, why didn't Harry just go into Grimmauld Place? Like, why did he just stick his head in in this situation? Oh, I, huh. Actually, let me think about that. <laughs> I'm assuming that. I'm assuming that obviously it wasn't written that way because J.K. Rowling had every intention of Sirius dying. Right. Because, like, this is a great 
for the sake of the story, a great okay, time yeah. for Harry to lose someone and close also, to him. Okay, but I'm just gonna say that, like, yeah. even though this is not written in at all, I, yeah. it cannot make sense for people to just be able to travel between Hogwarts like that. So yeah, I have yeah. to believe that it's just a thing that you can stick your head through. I'm gonna assume that, and probably also, I'm gonna also chalk it up to Harry being, like, so frazzled that he's not thinking. Yeah. Like, he's not thinking. He would have dropped everything and gone to London immediately had Hermione not asked him to check. Yeah. Like, and that's just, like, that just shows it's, like, yeah, he's 15, but he's also, he's a deeply emotional person. Like, he would have done absolutely anything for Sirius and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, I think that that's, not only do I think that because it would be too convenient, that has to be, like, impossible at Hogwarts, um, but also, like, I think Harry's too frazzled to, like, be thinking about that. Because, yeah. like, if he had stopped and taken a second, not that he's ever been equipped with the skills to do that, but, like, if he would have stopped and taken a second, he would have been like, okay. Because also, we know that owls arrive places very quickly. He could have sent one to Dumbledore. It would have found him. Sirius? Anyone? Anyone in the Order. He could have, like, there are so many things. Well, I, they did say the owl system is being monitored. But. True, but then that same coded message that he gave to Snape clearly Umbridge. Like I just, I just yeah. saying this like is not the that last right. case, worst case scenario. Exactly, activity. like not that not that any of those maybe would have worked immediately or at all. But like there were there were many things that he could have tried, mm -hmm. I think. But obviously, like he was so panicked, and all he wanted to do was like, I think he's kind of looking at checking as like a he he doesn't even like need to like do it because he just knows, you know. So mm -hmm. even if like. Especially when the second he saw a creature, he knew. Like, he just wanted to get out of there and go. Like, he wasn't even thinking about what he was about to see when he went into the fireplace. Yeah. Like, he's just trying to check it off so that he can get out of there. And, like, he's like, see, Hermione, let's go. So it's like he's not spending time on the task that she's asked him to do. He's just ready to check it off and keep moving. Because he knows, you know? Like, he knows that Sirius is not there. Um, or at least, like, you know, he thinks he does. I mean, but, yeah, I think that he definitely, like, there were a lot of things he could have done. But I think the point is for us to feel the adrenaline and like the urgency of like needing to go like right now yeah so um but i think you're right like he i wonder though like how is it that you could restrict certain aspects of the flu network and not others yeah obviously there has to be some kind of magic in place for that like they're literal wizards but like <laughs> i'm not sure <laughs> um but yeah anyways yeah snape absolutely he could have he could have done something i think yeah. But, like you said, like, he just, he never grew out of being the victim, ever. Because I think, in a way, him being that way won him his friendship with Lily. Yes. Because, in a lot of ways, she felt bad for him. Like, yeah, for, in the beginning, I guess, he was a good friend to her. But he was always the victim. And I guess, at some point, she just got tired of it. But also, yeah, he still was acting the victim and was like, see, why aren't you hanging out with me? Because your other, the other guys are, like, terrible to me. But then he also took zero accountability for the people that he surrounded himself with. So it's like, not only is he acting like the victim, he just cannot take accountability for the fact that maybe he's doing something wrong. Like, that's yeah. been a problem observed in him his entire life, from what we know of it. Um, but, yeah. Anyways, Umbridge then decides that her only other option is to torture Harry. This is when she reveals that it is she who ordered the Dementors on Harry. That is the most unhinged thing she has ever said. She's like, well, everyone was like, ugh, how are we going to, like, make it's, Harry Potter shut so up? It's so crazy, because at that point, like, 
Umbridge had no, like, real reason to detest no, no. Harry. Like, she, she had never met him. Literally. It's so unhinged because, like, she was literally like, well, everyone was like, ugh, like, when is Harry Potter going to shut up about, like, Voldemort and stuff or whatever? And then she was like, I'll put a stop to it. I'll right. get Dementor to suck his soul, his soul out. soul. <laughs> yeah, literally. And I'm like, girl, she's clearly a very unstable person. Yeah. But, like, that is insane to me. Yeah. And she was just waiting for the moment to tell him. Like, she sat in that trial, like, yeah, I did that. Yeah. Uh-huh. She was ready to watch a 15-year-old go to jail for what? <laughs> like, you know, and I, I don't think Fudge knew, but it's like, you. it kind of makes you wonder, you know, if, like, Fudge would care. I think, honestly, all of his antics from the end of Goblet of Fire to the end of this book, I don't, it's just he, fear. He's exactly. terrified. And, like, that I don't doesn't excuse is, like, an actual, like, vindictive no, person. No, I don't think I think, think so he just doesn't know how to do his he job. He was not equipped to be a leader. Right. It, at least not in times of, like, absolute urgency. Because, like, and I think he knew, he knew that. He knew that he was not, like, a leader in the sense that he could lead people through this horrifying, like, second wizarding war. Like, I feel like, imagine, like, now, like, a literal world war being declared right now. Like, I feel like, yes, that's, terrifying to yeah. anyone in a position of power especially fudge because he's literally ruling like i what is it all of the wizards in the uk or like i don't know what uh, i don't know i don't know how that is divided up but like that's like a big chunk of people you know so i feel like he knew that he wasn't equipped to handle it and obviously i'm sure that everyone who lived through voldemort's first like thing is like horribly traumatized i'm sure that was like a terrifying time you like it's, like, worse than, like, there being a serial killer on the loose. Like, he's an actual wizard. He can just be places whenever. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's, like, so I you couldn't even go outside without, like, being worried that he was just going to show up. Yeah. Especially if you were, like, in the government or something. You know, and it's probably even scarier for Fudge, considering that he's probably thinks himself and he probably is a main target for Voldemort he's literally the minister of magic because he knows that Voldemort's gonna take over the ministry exactly first, underground at least yeah exactly so I I know that all See, of like this... I don't think at least not intentionally if Fudge had continued being the minister after this book I don't think that he would have let Voldemort take charge like yeah scripture yeah um yeah, it's like, I don't think he... I don't think he would have been easily manipulated. No. As um, yeah, I don't think, like... Yeah, I don't think he was, like, doing all of this stuff to Harry just to be horrible. Like, I legitimately think that he was so terrified that it's, like... I mean, like, fear can push you to do all kinds of insane things. Like, I'm sure he was so terrified thinking about what happened last time. And, like, I'm sure that he lost people close to him. And, like... What happened to the Minister of Magic the first time Voldemort came to power? I wonder. You know? Like, was it something horrible? Because if it was, like, I'm sure Fudge I still is... don't even really know how it works. Yeah. Do I they just it. rule until the, they die? I have no idea. But still, it's like, I wonder, honestly, like, if there was another Minister of Magic. Or if it was him. Like, what happened the first time? Like, I bet it was something, like, horrible. Scrimger was killed. Yeah. So it's like, I'm sure that he's thinking of that. And fear made him selfish like what about me what about my family you know so it's like I don't think that he was like purposely trying to like well 
he did purposely villainize Harry, but not for his own, like, I guess, benefit, you could say, but yeah. because he was so terrified, not just for himself, but for having to lead all of these people through this. Because also, think about the questions, the owls that arrive to the ministry, like, well, what do I do? And all of, like, having to handle all of that is absolute insanity. And so, I seriously think that, like, mm, I don't know. I wonder if he had known then that Umbridge had done that to Harry, like, what he would have done. I think that, especially in the scene, like, not not that you put the picture down in the book, but, like, that kind of shows, in a way, like, that her, like, she knows that Fudge has a conscience, yeah. you know? Like, at some point, obviously, it may not have taken seeing Voldemort in the flesh, like, it happened in this book, but, like, I think she knew that at some point, something in Fudge would break, and he'd be like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Because, like, I think I he knew think from the get-go. If Umbridge was the Minister of Magic in this, like, let's <laughs> That live in that horrible timeline for a second. Like, at the end of this book, when he sees the Voldemort, Umbridge would continue on with her charade. Like, Funch stepped down, you know? Yeah. And... He was kind of, like, That was probably the best thing he ever really did, was stepping down. But... I I think Umbridge would have been... I don't think she would have let that take her. I don't know. She just... Some She's people crazy. are so ridiculous so that unbalanced. they could literally be looking it in the face and they'll be like, I still don't believe you. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I seriously think that Fudge was completely propelled by fear and let that make him selfish and, like, evil, like, for a yeah. hot second. Um, but, yeah, I think especially because she says to Hermione, kind of, that what Cornelius doesn't know won't hurt him, she knows that at some point he's going to have to face the facts. He knows that, too. Because I think he knew from the get-go that Dumbledore said it and Dumbledore knew. Like... Yeah. And Harry Potter, like, he's, even if he's Dumbledore's a kid... Dumbledore's the person Fudge has been going to this entire time for the yeah. actual Yeah, advice. and I think that even though Harry's a kid, people people trust him. People know that he has had encounters with Voldemort, like, after the initial one. So it's like, I think people trust him in that sense, and I'm sure that Fudge does as well, but, like, literally, I just fear just consumed him immediately, and he just couldn't believe it. And I think, like... But I, the thing is, like, I think he did. He just couldn't, he couldn't show it. He didn't want to, like, frazzle people, even though that's, like, the worst thing he could have done for them. But, like, but, yeah, I think that, but I think that he probably at this point is thinking, like, God, like, how long can I keep this up, you know? Yeah. At some point, even if he hadn't seen Voldemort himself, I think he would have had to just, like, face it, you know? I think yeah. at some point something would have broken him. And some part of it is, like, the going that, Harry Potter is crazy is kind of the laziest route too. Yeah. So I think part of it is that the other stuff would take more work mm-hmm. and would take m- more of him being like an actual professional and yeah. like knowing what he's doing. Yeah. Um, this was the easiest route. Yeah. 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 Well, um, yeah. Hermione then says, well, burst into tears, and she's like, oh my god, fine, I'll tell you. And Harry's like, Harry's so mad, he's like, no, Hermione. And then he looks, and even though Hermione is sobbing, there are no tears. Amber. quite the actress. (laughs) Amber. That's already outdated. (laughs) Anyways. Hermione tells Umbridge that Harry was talking to Dumbledore to tell him that the weapon is ready. Hermione says she won't show the Slytherins, and Umbridge decides that she'll just take Harry and Hermione. Umbridge then tells Harry and Hermione to lead the way. Do we know where they're going? Not yet. Not yet. 
Okay. Harry being just so dumbfounded in this entire scene. Yeah. And it worked, too, that she didn't signal in any way, because he literally yelled at her. He's like, no, Hermione, don't do it. Yeah. So it made it, like, way more real. He was being serious. Yeah. Um, okay. Chapter 33, Fight and Flight. Hermione leads a very confused Harry and Umbridge out the front doors and into the forest. <laughs> Far into the forest, Harry asks Hermione if she's sure they're going the right way. She says yes, very loudly, and then quietly tells Harry that she wants them to be heard. They walked so far into the forest they could hardly see lights anymore, when suddenly an arrow goes flying over Harry's head. Okay. A bunch of centaurs. This is even with Grof. We're going back to Grof. This scene is probably the main purpose of him being in the story at all, and it is still not completely necessary. This part can exist without Grof being there. Yeah. Like, his blood is basically why they need him to be there. They could have just been shot or something <laughs> by the centaurs. Right in the heart. <laughs> um, the centaurs ask Umbridge who she is, and she, of course, responds really rudely. She's like, I'm senior undersecretary to the minister. And they're like, oh, right. Right, hate that you. means anything to us. Right, it just makes them mad. Yeah. Um, she calls them a bunch of names, and they shoot an arrow at her. And then she thinks it's wise to start reading a decree at them that I think it's something like if a creature with near human intelligence does something, then they can be prosecuted. And of course, this makes them furious. After trying to stun them, she is pulled away into the forest by some of the centaurs. Then the other centaurs are about to decide what to do with Harry and Hermione. Hermione ruins it for them and says that she hoped the centaurs would get rid of Umbridge for them, which is servitude to humans, which is very bad. Yeah. They were, um, yeah. Hermione. Just, okay, but like the connotations with Umbridge being carried away by centaurs. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Bad. Really that too. bad. Especially if you're familiar with centaur mythology in there. Especially the stuff. state they describe her to be in when yeah. she gets back to the forest. Like, and the fact that it's like somehow Dumbledore was able to go in there and come out completely unscathed with Umbridge. And the fact that she hasn't, like, spoken, she's staring at the ceiling. Exactly. Like, like sh what? Like, like, I feel like J.K. Rowling knew what she was doing. Definitely. Yeah. Like, even though she's, like, horrible, she's an intelligent woman. Like, all of this, like, the the Gringotts Goblins, house elves, like, all of that was done, I think, very consciously. Yeah. She knew. Um, also, though, it's like, why would you do that anyway? It's like the whole, like, Umbridge and the Centaur thing. Like, no... It also just makes you, like, makes it... Like, bad in Hermione's perspective, too, because if Hermione knew what was going to happen, then it's just yeah. really... Because it's also, like, let's just say Hermione didn't, but that's what we're assuming happened when yeah. Umbridge was carried off. It's like, why are we seeing, like, oh, finally, Umbridge is dealt with. Like, that was her punishment. Like, that's right. horrible. Like, no person, regardless of what they've done, like, should be, quote-unquote, like, punished in that way. Right. Like, that's not a punishment that's a crime like that's just that's just evil so it's like i think it's weird that like this is the moment where it's supposed to be like oh thank god like someone finally did yeah. it but it's like what what did they do and why did she deserve it because like who does no one like so i just think that's just, like a strange if it, it truly was like they just beat her up or something it even <laughs> says like they would like yeah. it's purposefully left ambiguous right yeah yeah Ugh. um yeah, Hermione 
yeah, ruins it for them. She's like, we hoped that you'd get rid of her for us. And they were about to get killed when Grop intervenes. Grop then asks Hermione where Hagger is. <laughs> he um, was about to grab Harry when the centaurs attacked him. Harry grabs Hermione and they run out of the forest. Then their conversation is interrupted again by Ron, Ginny, Neville, and Luna, who had attacked the entire Inquisitorial squad and gotten their wands back. Okay, like, these are the parts, like... Where it's like, uh, how convenient. No, but also, like, I wish we got to see some other perspectives sometimes. I know, like, my I God, would, like, I would have killed. Also would have loved to see this in the movie, you know, yeah. like... Because they literally describe exactly what they did, yeah. kind of, like the spells and stuff. I'm like... It's the same thing later. Um, the there's train? also a moment like that. No, I was thinking... I uh, was going to say, I would have loved to see Malfoy turn into a <laughs> slug. Like, no, I'm thinking in the Department of Mysteries battle, they talk about the scene in the space room with, oh, like, Luna, yeah. Ron, and Ginny, and it's yes. like, they describe it in detail, and you're just like, I'm going to be seeing that. Yeah, I know. Like, but the thing is, is, like, I understand, especially, like, yes, Harry's the main character, but especially in this book, it's so important that we're following everything he's doing, because yeah. we're supposed to be feeling, like, urgency, grief. It's just something like, that, like, in, like, a movie medium, yes, they could have done. Exactly. That yeah. would have been, the, like, a great place to do it, because yeah. you can, you can... A lot of emotions can come across in movies, even when you're not showing the main person, like in a way that they kind of can't in books. Yeah. Like, in the sense, like, we had to be following Harry's every move because we are supposed to be experiencing all these new emotions with him. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it would be so it's like, really weird if the narrator suddenly shifted focus exactly. to them. Right. Yeah. In, like, in the book. Like, it yeah. would have just, like, it would have it dulled the feeling, I yeah. think. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. So Harry is like, how are we going to get to London? And Luna's like, we're going to fly. He ignores her. He li literally says, he ignores her. Yeah. <laughs> um, then Harry gets annoying and is like, I feel like no one's Harry going. Harry does not talk to Luna unless it's a last resort <laughs> situation. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she may be eccentric. Like, yes. She I truly is. don't feel like Harry and Luna's friendship develops until after. The Department of Mysteries thing. Happens. Yeah, I yeah. think that that's when she. I like herself. their friendship in the next book. Agreed. But I think that like, honestly, it may be something instilled in him by Vernon and Petunia, who are so horrified by any kind of like eccentricity, whether yeah. it's something as simple as having pink hair. So I think something about Luna is like off-putting to him because like, wizards like gave him the first sense of like home that he's ever felt in his life. Yeah. Right? They didn't seem eccentric to him because they seemed like normal people you would meet out on the streets in London, but they were wizards. Luna was the kind of, like, eccentric wizard that's, like, the same kind of person in wizard form that Vernon Petunia would hate. He grew up in that household. He absorbed some of their ideals in some way, even if he's a better person than them. Yeah. So it's, like, I think something about her, like, off-puts him because she's the exact kind of person that he was taught to hate. Yeah. And so then, finally, in this book, when she proves herself to be capable of, you know, like doing like helping him I guess or like doing the right thing and like not only talking about like the quibbler you know because they don't really give her much time to do anything else <laughs> it, so it it's is like, a little upsetting that he truly only appreciates her after she does something significant for him yeah but I, think, <laughs> I think it's even more than that I think she just proved herself to be more than like the funny earrings and like the magazine yeah. you know so it's like it's not even I don't I think part of it is it's not even fully that she did something for him it's that she just like I, I don't know she just kind of like proved herself in his eyes because like he thought that 
Even Neville and Ginny, he thought those three were going to get there and completely fall to pieces, but yeah. all of them proved themselves to him that night. Especially Neville. I have so much to say in the next episode <laughs> about Neville, but, like, I think specifically Luna, like, I think in a way also that's when he realized that, like, her being different than him did not make her less capable of a witch. Yes. You know, it's like she, like I said, is the exact kind of person he was taught to hate growing up by Vernon um, and Petunia, but, like, she proved that, like, she is just like him. Like, she may have different interests, but she's no different than him. She's not less capable because they have different interests, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Harry, then, is like, no one's going with me because it's too dangerous and I don't need help. Everyone ignores this. And then Luna, who is the only one that knows what she's doing, is like, hey, let's fly. And Harry's like, what do you mean? And she's like, look behind you. And then six <laughs> thestrals show up convenience yep yeah because they're covered in blood yep anyways the end yay Yay. okay time for trivia time for trivia would you like to go first i am yeah okay great um you already know the answer to this one and i just don't i'm too lazy to even come up with another question what is it it's literally just what is their first owl exam Yeah. Well, (laughs) be more specific. The theory. The theory of charms, yeah. Yeah. So, half a point. I'm just kidding. (laughs) 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 Oh my god. Um, What is the name of the Ravenclaw sixth year who tried selling Harry and Ron a bottle of um, brain and It's going to be some complete random name, so I'm just not even going to guess. Okay. Eddie Carmichael. Never heard of it. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Sounds like a great name, though. Like, a great car salesman. Carmichael. Um, yeah. <laughs> what two spells does Harry mix up the incantations for? Like, the actual incantation? Or, like, what the spell does? Type of spell, yeah. Like, color changing and, like, growth or... Yes! Because he turns the rat huge instead of orange. Yes. Yep. That's so funny. <laughs> That's why I would love to see that exam. That's charms, but I would love to see... I, or is that transfiguration? I think that's transfiguration. Do. Okay. I don't know. I, I, don't, I literally don't know. It's so It fuzzy. says growth charms, so I'm assuming it's charms. Okay. I have no idea. It's all so, like, confusing. But um, I would love to watch the practical exams for those. Like, so many things would happen. I have to figure out what and show it to you later because like it describes some of the things that Ron did on accident and it's just so funny um Parvati and Lavender prepared for their charms exam by making what race around the table the charms exam yeah they were preparing for yeah the practical so exam some inanimate object Unless or is it an iguana <laughs> or is it an iguana um No, like, and it, I don't know if it's, like, something they like or if it's, like, a, a food. <laughs> a food? <laughs> Just, like, I don't even know. A what pineapple? <laughs> Isn't there a thing about a dancing pineapple? Isn't that one of their tests at some point? Like, they have to make a pineapple tap dance across a desk? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Because um, he had to make an egg cup do cartwheels. So. <laughs> uh, wizard's chess pieces? Good guess, but no. Okay, well... I don't have any points. Um, no, but you can still only guess one yeah. time. Mm. Just any. See, like, I don't really know what they like. 
Pencils? No, they don't have pencils. Quills? Mm -mm. <laughs> okay, what is okay. it? Okay. You were so close. It was their pencil cases. Oh my god. Does it call, does it call them pencil cases? Yeah, pencil cases. How, shouldn't it just be quill cases? <laughs> I feel like at some point they switched to pencils. Did you notice that? Like halfway through the series, they're no longer, they're saying pencil, not quill. There's no way. I feel like I noticed that. I, I noticed it in the movies too. They like well, switch to like. They don't care or anything. No, but yeah. But no, I feel like in the books, there's a switch at some random point. I don't know if it's like the edition that I have because it's like the American one yeah. or what, but like it seems like they switched to pencils, which okay. is like strange. I don't, Imagine them I using don't think British pencils. people are using quills. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just yeah. mean that in Harry Potter, like quills were like their thing, right? Yeah. But then they like switch to pencils. It's, it's weird. Anyways, um, yeah, go ahead. Harry gets bit by what plant? Oh no. Venom is tentacula? Nope. I know that's a real plant in their universe. I don't know. I don't think it bites though. It strangles. I think it has spikes. That's why it's venomous. I don't think that makes it biting. No, but I don't, <laughs> oh, whatever. Go ahead. Is that it? Yep. You're done? Yep. Fanged geranium. Oh, yes. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> duh. <laughs> um, what time was their theoretical charms exam? What Five time did it begin? <laughs> no. Um, nine o'clock. Close? No. 9.30 a.m. Because theory was in the morning, practical was in the afternoon. Yeah. I knew it was the morning. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. Yeah. What size are drops of blood drops described as? Oh, God. I literally don't know. Like, oh, God, I know this. Like, I literally read this. <laughs> yeah, I'd hope so. <laughs> I actually didn't. <laughs> um, it's going to be something dumb. Raindrops? I don't know. It's no. my final guess. Yeah, I don't know. Pebbles. Oh. Um, who told Professor Tofty that Harry could produce a Patronus charm? Uh, My last two were like names. It has to be a teacher that we know. Is it Lupin? Nope. Is it McGonagall? No. It was his dear friend Tiberius Ogden. How does the hell does Tiberius know how <laughs> Harry can produce a Patronus charm? I don't know. Um, awesome. Word gets around, I guess. Mm -hmm. What color are the Thestral's eyes described as? White. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to trick you. It never works. Because you always just go for the simplest answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember, like, I don't remember what it was, but it was, like, a color, and it was just, like, Green, and you were like, you shall. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> All right. What student was in possession of both fake dragon claw and illegal fire whiskey? It's some random student. I don't even know. It's, um, it's Tiberius. Gwen Paltrow. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Yeah, um, I'm done. Okay. Harold Dingle. Harold Dingle. <laughs> yeah. He's mentioned twice wow. in this chapter. Or like, oh. in, or like, I don't know. He's mentioned twice in this section. Once is when Harry and Ron are trying to, wait, no, was it last episode? I don't know. 
Wait, no, 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 it's this one. He's mentioned in chapter 31 and 33? I'm not sure. He's mentioned in two separate chapters. The first time is when Harry and Ron are trying to buy, like, black market memory enhancers because he has fake dragon claw. And then the next is when Dean and them are throwing a party and they're like, hey, Harold can get us some free fire whiskey. <laughs> or, like, um, not free, illegal fire whiskey. So, yeah, Harold. He's Hogwarts's like, main delinquent now, selling all kinds of illegal things. Damn Harold. <laughs> Mr. Dingle. Can you imagine, why is that Professor McGonagall never called him out in class before? Mr. Dingle! <laughs> I also looked it up, and um, Maggie Smith's father is Scottish. trivia this time three to zero so i will give the question of the day next time um thank you all for tuning into this episode of <laughs> ron and hermione minus the my one episode streak. <laughs> and be sure to give us a follow on instagram at ron and hermione minus the romance or on twitter at ron underscore hermione mtr yeah, I felt like I said that wrong. Shoot us an email at vulcanonbones at gmail and rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We appreciate you all very much and be sure to tune in next week where we will be covering chapter 34 from Harry Potter and the Order of Thieves. Yay.